You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. 9 a.m. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You guys good? Listen, I'm still hyped up about Easter. I mean, we're a week after Easter, but who was here last weekend? It was great, wasn't it? If you didn't raise your hand, you missed out last weekend. You missed out. Um, we had a great Easter, and I hope you guys had a great week. Did anybody eat, like, way too much Easter candy this week? Because that's when the Easter candy is eaten. It's, like, in between week. Okay, right there, Taylor. Only, okay, two people. And there's shame. Like, you look down, you're like, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I love that you guys are here on the week after Easter. Listen, on my way in, or when I was standing upstairs and people were coming in this morning, um, somebody said to me, he's like, hey, uh, happy Bomb Sunday. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's Bomb Sunday? And he said, well, you know, this is what pastors call this Sunday Bomb Sunday. And I'm like, tell me about it. He said, because, you know, you got Palm Sunday, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. And then there's Easter Sunday, everybody's like, oh, yeah. And then there's a Sunday after Easter, everybody's like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's not very encouraging. No, but you guys are here the week after Easter. So just pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a hand clap, something. I think it's a win. Hey, if this is your first time here, we're blown away that you would give our, our church a shot this weekend. My name is Joel. I'm really glad you're here. Now, maybe if this is your first time here, you showed up here by accident. Maybe you thought this was like the carryout section to the Buffalo Wild Wings. Or, or maybe you thought this was the new Aldi that took our building. I've been eyeing up that Kmart for seven years, y'all, and Audi, stinking Audi. Now, I pray the Lord blesses them, but I wanted that building. But anyway, if you showed up here by accident today, you thought it was somewhere else, I don't really think it's an accident. I think that God has something for you today. And I think God's got nothing but love for you today. And we got nothing but love for you today. And we have nothing but love for our online family, everybody watching on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, the Bayshore app, podcast. Did I get it all, RJ? That's it. Okay. Can you guys just show some love to our online family? So many people watching that way. So glad you guys are with us. Hey, uh, we're, we're starting this new series today called I Declare War. Now, some of you are like, that sounds like my ride into church today. We are warring over the, the temperature, the radio, warring over why our family can't ever get to church on time. Who's ever had a ride like that to church? Like it's ha- that's happened to you guys? <laughs> Yeah, me too. I've been involved in one of those um, rides to church. Um, Today's not about any of that stuff. Today is about declaring war over the stuff in your life that's declaring war over you. It's about declaring war over the stuff in your life that is declaring war over you. And and so to start, I just want to kind of just see where everybody's at. I'm wondering, how many of you are like me and you can't wait till this pandemic is over so you can go travel a little bit? Like you can get, like you want to go somewhere, somewhere, come on. Yeah, we want to be on some beach somewhere else, right? I, I can't wait. Listen, I, I love Sussex County. I love Sussex County. I think it's great when I go to the Rofo and I see everybody in their face masks. That's awesome. But I want to get my own face mask tan line from Cancun. Who is with me like that? I'm ready for that. And, and I know... Listen, when you talk about vacationing and traveling, there, there's all kinds of different people, okay? There's, there's beach people. 
There's mountain people. There's lake people. I don't know these people. Anyway, I just kind of see what I'm working with. If you're a lake person, all right, I'm just teasing with you. But um, we're the mountain people. You're, like, you're a mountain person, okay, a couple people. I don't mess with mountain people, okay, because normally mountain people, not you ladies, but normally have like a big beard, and I'm just scared of them, okay? So I, like mountain people, it's good. Lake people, any lake people, you know, like a downgraded beach. Oh, you're a lake and a mountain person, a mountain and a lake all, all together. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So one lake, any other lake people? Do you be okay? The same people are doing, you, you got to pick one, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> beach people, where are the beach people at? Woo! I'm a beach person because I love Jesus, okay? Um, <laughs> we all kind of travel different. And, and so I just want to um, tell you a story. And I've told this story before. And so if you've heard this before, just pretend like it's the first time you hear it, okay? Um, but me and my wife, we went on our honeymoon to a beach in the grill, Jamaica. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing's going to be all right. See, I had that, I've had that song stuck in my head ever since I went to Jamaica. Um, and we went to this resort, and it was kind of weird when we first checked in, because when we were checking in, the guy said to us, he's like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Tice, you know we have a nude beach here, man. I was like, oh, you have a, a new beach. You have a new beach. He said, no, 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 we have a nude beach. Now, it was our honeymoon. I looked at Stacy, and she's like, uh-uh. I'm like, no, no, sir, we are not interested in that. I mean, <laughs> it is our honeymoon. So I, thought, I was hoping there would be a little bit. Of new, but not, like, we, got our, we brought our shorts, okay? So anyway, he's like, no neuters? No neuters? No, no problem, mom? There, there's a... There's a whole row of bushes that surround the area. You, you'll, never, you'll never even see them. I'm like, good. And so we went out to the beach first morning, no lie. I saw this like row of five sickly bushes. And I thought like, that, that can't be the row. That, that can't, like those bushes look like they're on a diet. Like they, they, they're on a no leaf diet, all right? Next thing I know, I saw two neuters, y'all. Dude, and I, I told Stacy, I'm like, cover your eyes. Now I'll pass the confession. I didn't cover my eyes. I'm like, I'm like, Stacy, they're so old <laughs> and naked, and they've never been on a diet. Not at all, okay? <laughs> and I'm colorblind, and some people have asked me, like, when did you get colorblind? That's the moment. That's when it happened. That's when it happened. So we went to the other end of the beach where there wasn't naked people, but they did have windsurfing. And so I went to a little hut to see if I could, like, learn how to windsurf. And I was like, hey, could you, like, teach me how to windsurf? And he's like, oh, no, no, man, you know, no, no lesson needed. You're in Jamaica, man. I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay. And so, like, I'll, I'll teach myself. And so I, I went out there. And um, true story, I pulled up the sail, and I did it. I went all the way across the bay. All, first time, I'm like, I'm a windsurfer. I windsurf. And I thought I was like amazing at it. And I got so far away. Listen, I turn around and I could barely even see the naked people on the beach, which is a blessing. That was a blessing. <laughs> the moment I turned around to come back, wind hit me in the face. And the reason it was easy to go that one way is because wind was at my back. But I, I didn't know how to go against the wind because that wasn't in the lesson that I didn't take. And so I was like, well, how hard can it be? And so I like pulled the sail up to go back to the beach, and I went this way. And I was completely stuck. I, I felt completely powerless. And so I had to swim back. 
I grabbed the wind sail and I swam against the current, against the wind. I have never been so happy to get to a new beach in my entire life, people. <laughs> but I tell you that because have you ever felt powerless over something before? Anybody ever felt powerless over something before? If, if you're not raising your hand, you have not been to the DMV. Because <laughs> you are not going to that desk until your number is on that thing, right? You're not going up there. Look. All of us know what it's like to feel powerless over something in our life, that we, we don't have the power to fix something in our life. I'm an 80s kid, and uh, on Friday nights, we used to go to the skating rink. You guys remember going to the skating rink? And the best part of the night with the skating rink was when they said, now it's time for the all skate. And we're like, okay. You know? We love the all skate. Listen, feeling powerless over something is an all skate. We have all been there before. Have you ever um, felt a little powerless over your anger while you're driving? Come on, I've, I've seen how some of you drive in the church parking lot. <laughs> Who's ever been cut off by somebody and you want to you cut somebody? Come on, just, just admit it. Keep your hands up. Look around. This is why we do not have base your bumper stickers. Okay, this is why. Have you ever felt powerless over um, a diet before? Like, like you're, you're trying to, to be good with what you're eating, but some saboteur in your house cooks fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies, and you keep walking by them, looking at them, and you're like, <laughs> hey, who's ever felt powerless during a diet before? You ever felt powerless during a diet? Yeah. Listen, every single one of us know what it's like to feel powerless over something, powerless over diet, powerless over situation, powerless over your spending. Hello, some of you like those outlets. Powerless over a temptation, an addiction, an emotion, your cats. If you have a cat, you have no power over that cat, okay? None. <laughs> well, one area of my life that I feel powerless over sometimes is my mood. The pastor gets moody, y'all. Stacey, just say, preach your brother. Just say it. She knows. <laughs> Listen, um, last Sunday, Easter Sunday, guys, I got, I, after I left church, I was done. I was tired. I was like so tired. I was hallucinating and seeing the Easter bunny and peeps. I was having an Easter hangover, y'all. And so I should have went home and taken a nap. Instead, I went home and did five hours worth of yard work, okay, which makes no sense. And I got moodier by the minute, you guys. I'm like doing all this stuff, and I'm like getting moody and moodier and moodier. And then um, the last thing I did was I, I weed-eated, which will make anybody moody. And my boy Nixon literally followed me the entire time while I was weed-eating, asking me questions. He asked me more questions than Google has ever gotten, you guys. I'm weed-eating, and Nixon is like, Daddy, why does it make that sound? Daddy, why is it orange? Why you squeeze that thing, Daddy? What, what do you, why did you cut Mommy's flowers down? Okay, I'm not like this. <laughs> and every time he asks, he starts, he's asking me these questions, I'm just getting moodier and moodier because I had to turn the weed ear off each time, answer the question, then answer the 17 follow-up questions that came with the one question. And so finally, Nixon's like, Daddy, would you just let me use the weed ear because Papa's let me use his weed ear before. I'm like, Nixon, would you just go away? <laughs> then I'm like, wait, did my dad let you use his weed eater? So I need to talk to my dad, okay? But I felt completely powerless over my mood. And you know what my next thought was? This is just kind of a parent lesson for, for me. I thought, there's a day coming really soon where Nixon is not going to follow me all over the yard because he's interested in what I'm doing. I need to pay attention to what he's saying. I need to pay attention to him. And so I just like had this moment, all right? And, and by the way, when he's a teenager, he's not going to be interested in that weed eater. When he can actually use it, 
Come on, parents, am I right? No concern about the weed eater then. But anyway, I feel powerless over my mood sometimes. And then I become a version of me I don't want to be. You guys know what I'm talking about? And, and when we cave and we do what we, we feel powerless over, then we're like, well, why did I do that? You know, why, why, why did I like yell at my kid and cut my wife's flowers down? I didn't cut my wife's flowers down, just so y'all know. <laughs> or, or, or we're like, you know, well, why, 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 why did I buy all that stuff I didn't need? Why did I buy an Apple Watch, an Apple iPad, an Apple iPhone, and a jeans jacket that I saw on Amazon? Like, I, could, I just couldn't help it. I'm an 80s kid. So I was like, a Levi's jeans jacket? I got to buy that. Anyway. But we feel powerless, we feel powerless when we do something that we don't want to do, and then we're confused at why we did it, and then we just do it all over again. And like, this is my entire life, you know? And before we do something that we feel powerless, before we cave and do something we feel powerless over, like, you can see it coming, can't you? Like, like, it's, like it's like a countdown. It's like, you're, 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 you're going to do it. You're, you're going to cave. Here it comes in 10, 9, 8. It's kind of like um, when Stacey and I used to binge watch The Office on Netflix. You know, like after you watch so many episodes, you know, it'll say like, you know, 10 seconds to, until the next one. You know, it's like 10 seconds until the next episode. And then it like talks to you. It's like five seconds. Really, Joel, you're going to watch another one? You've already watched like seven. Do you even have a job, Joel? Okay, but yeah, let's just keep going. Three seconds. Joel, you, like you don't need to watch an, another. Like you know that Pam and Jim get married. You know it. Two seconds. You can hit the stop button. Stop button right, right there. One second. You still got time to hit the stop. Like, but then, boom, boom, boom. There you go. You're watching the office. And that's what happens when we cave and we do what we feel power over. It's like 10 seconds until you're in a bad mood. <laughs> Five seconds until you blow up on your kid. Three seconds. Okay, but you don't have to do this. You can hit the stop button. The stop button. Two seconds. The stop button is right here. One second. You're going to do it, aren't you? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, so let, me, let me show you something that um, the Bible says. This is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And this is so good. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. You're not alone in whatever you feel powerless over. And God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Everybody say a way out. out. He'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. Say this with me. Say, God gave me a stop button. And so, listen, we're not powerless. We have more power at our fingertips than we can even realize. We have the power of God at our fingertips. And so, um, a a lot of times, though, you know, what the enemy is good at convincing us is that when we cave and we do something we feel powerless over, the enemy is good at convincing us that we're stuck there. It's just kind of like, who we are, okay? Like, like, like maybe you mess up, and uh, after you mess up, you're like, well, you know, th- this day's shot, but there's, there's always tomorrow, okay? You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad mood today. This day is bad. It's bad. So I might as well just put my sweats on, turn on the Netflix machine, invite Ben and Jerry over, because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just in this bad mood, okay? I'm just, I'm, and why is it that we think that once we cave and do something that we're stuck in it for the rest of the day? You know, I, I know Jeremiah says that God's mercies are made new every morning, but I don't think what Jeremiah meant was that God has like some sort of um, reset button tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the scrapple's ready. Like God, God's mercies are not like um, cell phone minutes back in 2003. Like once you ran out, you had to wait till the next billing cycle to get them, you know? 
Listen, God's mercies aren't like that. Jeremiah, what I think he meant is that God has a reset button available to us all the time. His mercies are made new every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Are you thankful for that? And so we can always hit that reset button no matter how how powerless we feel over something. And so I don't know what you feel powerless against, but I knew that no do know that you can declare war over whatever it is that is declaring war over you. We can declare war over our temptations, we can declare war over our diets, over our spending, take a Dave Ramsey class, watch Dave Ramsey YouTube videos. We can declare war um, over our, our addictions and on all these different things that declare war on us, okay? And so if you're tracking with me, everybody, just let's, let's come back together. Let's come back together. If you're tracking with me, just say, I declare war. I declare war. All right, so the most, this is important, the most difficult war you'll ever wage is the war against yourself. Me, myself, and me. Me, myself, and I. That's, that's where my real problems lie. And I don't think that I'm the only one. There's, there's a guy in the Bible named Paul. Paul wrote um, more of the New Testament than anybody else. And, and at one point, Paul said, the stuff that I want to do, yeah, I don't do that. The stuff I don't want to do, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's the stuff that I do right there. And I love how the Passion Translation puts it. Um, it's Romans 7, 15. And this is, this is just a different translation of that same idea. He says, I am a mystery to myself. Who's ever felt like a mystery to yourself? Yeah. Like somebody's like, I don't get you. I don't, I don't get me either. I'm a mystery to myself. I don't, I don't know. So Paul says, I'm a mystery to myself for I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And so I don't get me. You don't get you. But, but here's what I do get. And here, here's a big idea for today. We'll put this on the screen. Is, is winning the war starts when we draw a line in the sand. Winning the war against the battle within yourself starts when you draw a line in the sand. Now, let, let's go back to um, our honeymoon. Stacy and I, uh, we were in Jamaica. We, we went to this resort called Couples Resort where everything was included, which is great. I mean, you pay for it up front, but like after you get there, like I ate more jerk chicken sandwiches than you can. It was unreal, guys. And we were there. I, I thought, me and Stacy thought we were Bob Marley Kings. We're like, we get it, whatever we want. And then we came home and realized that we were poor. That's how it works. When you go to an all-inclusive and then you come home, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm poor. Um, and when we got home, we really were poor for the first four years of our marriage. We, we were so broke that Stacy's car used to smoke so bad that every day on our way to work, it left a whole smoke trail throughout our whole neighborhood. That's how we would introduce ourselves to people in our neighborhood. We're like, we're, we're the Tices. And they'd be like, who? We're like, we're the ones who have the Mazda that smokes up the whole neighborhood. They're like, oh, we know you guys. And so anyway, for the first four years of our marriage, we went on zero vacations. We had, we had no money. But on our five-year anniversary, we went to Mexico because we heard there was maybe less naked people there. Okay, so we went to Mexico instead of Jamaica. And, um, and I remember one day we were, we were um, all in Mexico, and I was standing by their little excursion table, and I saw this like colorful brochure for snorkeling in a cenote. A cenote is like an underground river system thing in Mexico. And so I'm looking at this brochure, and this lady's like, oh, it's your lucky day. We are running a, a, a special on that there brochure today. And I'm like, lady, you are speaking my language. And so we signed up and got totally ripped off, okay? It was just a total ripoff thing. And the reason I know we got ripped off is because when we were going, we, we, were, we were on the road, and we were driving down this main road. And then the driver went down this, like, side road. And it was like this dirt road. It was like this podunk farmer road. 
And every like few feet, I saw these homemade signs that said, caution. <laughs> and then a picture of a jaguar. And I like see them. I'll be like, pass it. Okay. Oh, there's another one. Caution. Here. Oh, there's another one. And then we just parked on the side of the road and started walking through the jungle. And I'm looking at our guide. Listen, I said this to our guide. I said, Have, are, there, are there jaguars in here? He said, not really. Not really. I'm like, they're either jaguars or they're not jaguars. Not really sounds like there are jaguars. Okay, that's what that sounds like right there. So we, we come out to this like opening in the middle of the woods. And, um, and so they give me a life preserver to put on. And it's like a, a little girl size small. And I'm like, this, this is not good. I'm going to get eaten by a jaguar while wearing a Dora the Explorer life preserver. This was, why wasn't this in the brochure, okay? And so and anyway, um, they told me to, to climb up the, the step things to the top of this rock. And so I'm, I'm climbing up these steps to the top of this rock. And I'm thinking, huh, wouldn't it be funny if at the top of this rock there was like a hole in the top of the rock? And they said, Joel, you need to like rappel 30 feet to your death down this hole. And that was funny until I got to the top of the rock, and I saw a hole in the top of the rock. And the guy said, hey, here's a rope. You're going to rappel down this hole, the water 30 feet down there. I think this is a good time to tell you all that I'm terrified of jaguars and heights. And so I'm like, no, 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 no. This was not in the brochure. Okay, then the brochure, everybody was smiling. It was colorful. Nobody was getting eaten by jaguars in the middle of the jungle while going down some random hole in the middle of Mexico while wearing a Nickelodeon life preserver. <laughs> I was freaking out. But a line started to form behind me. So I'm like, I guess I, I got to go. And so like I, I, I said, Jesus, I'll see, see you soon, okay? <laughs> and I grabbed the rope. <laughs> And I started lowering myself in the hole. And once I got in the hole, it was, I was committed. It was do or die at that point. Now, some of you are looking at me like, well, what happened? I'm, I made it. <laughs> I'm telling you all the story. I survived. <laughs> like, I made it. <laughs> but my point in the story is, man, I was committed. There's something that happens when you declare war over what's going on inside of you when you say, I am committed. I am doing this. I am grabbing the rope. I am going down into this hole. I'm, I'm going down this ledge. I'm stepping over a ledge, and I am scared, but it is do or die. That's when you start to get power over what you feel powerless over. That's when you start to draw a line in the sand. That's when you start winning the war against yourself. Uh, can, can I show you one of my favorite pictures? All right, this is about a two-year-old picture, and um, we're a house divided in terms of football teams, just so you know. These other three should be wearing a Ravens shirt right here. That's what they should be wearing. Right, Amy? No. No. Okay. Eagles for her. Anyway, one of my favorite pictures because the people in this picture, they drew a line in the sand. The people in these, this picture with me drew a line in the sand like, like Jeff here. Um, Jeff had a, a time in his life where he was struggling with an addiction and he woke up in prison one day. And that day, he said, this is the day I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm changing. And he walked out of that prison, and he completely changed his life. And, and before he walked in that prison, he wasn't a believer. He walked out just clinging on to God, and Jeff just changed his life. In fact, Jeff is here today, and Jeff is about to be a dad times two, right? But Jeff drew his line in the sand at his rock-bottom moment. 
Uh, th- this is Renata right over here, and Renata struggled with bulimia. She got down to 87 pounds, and she almost died. And then one night in the middle of the night, she felt God say to her, Renata, you're not done. You got so much to live for. And that was the moment she drew the line in the sand and she changed. And today she helps other ladies who are stuck with, um, with uh, body image issues. She drew her line in the sand. And then my favorite is, um, is Sean here. Not that I have favorites. You're my favorite also, Jeff. But, but also, <laughs> Sean. Sean struggled with a pill addiction. And it went real deep for him. And he, he almost lost everything until he got found out. And when he got found out, he drew a line in the sand. He said, I'm going to rehab. And he went through all the steps. And then about a year and a half ago, he stood right here on the stage. We have a picture of that moment. Him standing on the stage talking about his recovery is one of the best moments ever in our church's history, in my opinion. And this right here, this is Sean drawing a line in the sand. That's him drawing a line in the sand. And, and listen, I think God is saying to somebody today that today is a day. There's an area in your life. There's this thing that's kind of holding you back. And today is the day that you and I are going to draw a line in the sand and change. Because if you want to flip your situation, you got to flip the switch. And you got to say, I'm not doing this. I'm going to grab that rope because I am not doing this. I'm going all in. I am committed, okay? And when you go all in and when you commit to something, man, that's what flips the switch, and you just got to tell people, listen, I, I'm going all in. Tell your family. Tell your friends. I, I, I'm doing this. Tell your base, your group. I am doing this. Tell random people in Walmart. Okay, they're going to look at you like you're weird. But listen, it's like a prerequisite to be weird to go in the Walmart. Okay, so like you're going to fit right in. <laughs> but something happens when you commit and you say, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, a lot of you know that I'm, I'm addicted to Mountain Dew. Hi, Joel. I'm addicted to Mountain Dew. Hi, Joel. And it's my mom's fault, okay? My mom, I'm blaming it on her. When I was a kid, little kid, she'd give me Mountain Dew because she loved me, okay? And so she would give me Mountain Dew. And um, it wasn't a gateway drug for me. It didn't lead to, like, bigger and better caffeine, okay? It didn't lead to Red Bull. It didn't lead to Starbucks. Some of y'all, like, strung out on Starbucks, okay? Not me. I, I stayed right there with the dew, man. And I got to the point where I was drinking, like, three Mountain Dews a day. Everybody say, problem. It felt good, honestly. It didn't feel like a problem to me. It felt pretty good. Um, anyway, so um, I, I had tried to quit before, but I never, like, totally committed to it. And then, like, 42-ish days ago, if anybody's counting, um, I stood right up here and I said, I'm quitting Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I really did that because I wanted to just say it so I'd have to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I, ever since that day that I said I'm quitting Mountain Dew, I, like, completely changed my eating situation. I changed that whole thing when I walked out of here. Now, just so you know, I, get, I give myself three cheat meals a week. I like to give myself three cheat meals a day. How many, that sounds good right there. <laughs> I'm allowed three cheat meals a week. So if you see me around town and I'm, like, strung out on a Mountain Dew, just let me have my sugar kick, okay? Just let me have – I'm allowed to have one in a cheat meal, okay? Okay. Um, but something happens when you say, I'm doing this. I'm committed to this. And when you think, I can't, or I'm powerless, or I'm stuck, you need to crack this open to Romans 8, 11, and just remind yourself that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every Jesus follower. And so we got more power in us than we can even comprehend. And so just, just listen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you'd be shocked at how powerful I am. You got to do the You'd be shocked at how powerful I am. (laughs) 
So let, let's break down our war strategy real quick. I'm going to give you three ideas. This is going to be really quick, okay? So some of you are like, oh, okay, just, just hold on. Okay, real quick, three ideas. Declare war with your mind. The, the I don't get me guy, Paul, th- this is what he, he also said in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 3 through 5. He said, I do live in the world, but I don't fight my battles the way the people of the world do. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons the world uses. In fact, it is just the opposite. My weapons, everybody say my weapons. weapons. Say it like you are Liam Neeson. My weapons. There it is. My weapons have the power of God to destroy the camps of the enemy. Man, that is good. I destroy every claim and every reason that keeps people from knowing God. I keep every, what's this word? Thought under control in order to make it obey Christ. Listen, if you want to win the victory over whatever's declaring war with you, you got to go where the battle is raging the most, and that'll always be in your head. And so Paul said, you got you to control your thoughts. Now, maybe you're like, thoughts? What thoughts? Thoughts like, I can't, or, you know, this is just, this is just who I am, or I don't, I don't even know why I tried. Did you, know what, you know what Proverbs says? Proverbs 23, 7 says this. It says, for as he thinks, everybody say thinks. For as he thinks in his heart, I don't know where the bottom half went, but the bottom half should say, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. All right, it just disappeared. It's a miracle. Anyway, so let me give you the the good news and the bad news of this verse, okay? Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Bad news or good news? Good news or bad news? All right, I'm going to give you the bad news because that's how I put it in my notes. That was really a useless poll. Um, But the bad news is if you think you're powerless, you will be powerless. But the good news is, if you think you're powerful, you will be powerful. You're powerless if you think you're powerless, and you're powerful if you think that you're powerful. And that's not just like some like feel-good situation. That's Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, what I'm not saying is like, you just think it, and it'll fix your situation. You know, mind over matter. Okay, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you, if you want to change your life, you got to change your thoughts. If you want to change your life, you got to change your thoughts. So war strategy number one is we got to declare war with our mind and stop saying, I can't, and start saying, I can. Here's the second one. Declare war by encouraging yourself. Declare war by encouraging yourself. Um, I am my kid's Uber driver. Anybody else your kid's Uber driver? Let me, let me see who has the nasty minivans in the room, okay? Yeah, listen, our cars are all a mess, right? If you just raise your hand, your car is a mess. Um, the other day, I, I went to clean out the back seat of my car. I found four books, three pairs of shoes, a ninja star, nunchucks, the creepiest looking baby you've ever seen, and a line of toothpaste on the back seat. And that was like the cleanest my car has been in years, okay? Like, it's just, it's just how it is when you're your kid's Uber driver. So this past Monday, I was Ubering my kids to daycare, and um. And they were, in a, they were mad at me. And the reason my kids were mad at me is because I made them, made them eat the bad part of the banana. And by bad part, I, I made them eat like just a little bit of the bottom half of the banana. That's all I'm asking, okay? Just a little bit of the bottom half. And so they were kind of mad at me about that. And so we, we get to school. It's 6.45 in the morning. Everybody's tired. My kids are grumpy. I get their lunches out of my um, trunk, which I forgot their lunches last week. But this week, I remembered, you guys. Um, and we're walking in, and uh, I looked at Nora, and I said, Nora, y- you know I love you, don't you? And she's like, yeah, Dad. <laughs> Nora's our kid who, when me and Stacey tell her we love her, she normally says, thank you. 
I can't wait till she's a teenager. Anyway. <laughs> so I was like, Nora, you know I love you, don't you? And she's like, yeah. And then I said, Nixon, you, you know I love you, don't you? He's like, yeah, Dad, I know you love me. I love you too. And then Nixon said, we're about to walk into school, okay? Or they're going to walk into school. I'm not, I haven't been allowed to walk into school for a year. But anyway, they, they are going to walk into school. I'm about to send them off after their temperature check. And Nixon looks at me. He said, and you love you too, don't you, Daddy? And then he just walked into school. I'm like, uh, what does that question even mean? I'm like, is there a heat secret meaning in this? Like, is this why you put the toothpaste in the backseat of the car? Like, is this why? Like, the rest of the day, I could not get that question out of my head. You love you too, don't you, Daddy? And if I'm honest, the answer is not really. I mean, I, I like this jean jacket because it reminds me of the 80s, but I don't really like me. And like, I, I'm, I'm probably the only one, but when I mess up, I'm the one who says to me like, Joel, you're, you're dumb. You're an idiot. What are you doing? Like the pastor confession, the worst person I talk to is me. Hello. And that's rough because if you're a New Jersey driver and you cut me off, I talk pretty rough to you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. But I wonder if we're all supposed to learn something from my five-year-old's question today. I wonder how you would answer that question. You love you too, don't you? You love you too, don't you? Because you know Jesus told you to do that. And we don't really ever talk about that, but Jesus said, love your neighbor. And we're like, yes, we're going to put on a bumper sticker, love your neighbor. But he said, love your neighbor as you love who? Your boo? Thrashers. Yourself. As you love yourself. Listen, you can't be the best you until you love you. You can't be the best you until you love you. I I wonder how many of you are like me, and you're, you're your own worst critic. Who's your own worst critic? Okay, this is good. All right, you're about to fire your own worst critic right now. All right, you're going to te- tell yourself, inner critic, you are fired. And then you're going to go, Whew. Okay, everybody, just tell your inner, just say out loud, inner critic, you are fired. Okay, I saw three hand motions. I need more than that, okay? Inner critic, you are fired. Go. Inner critic, you are fired. Go. Okay, you didn't seem very enthusiastic, but I'm helping you out here. Here's the good news. You just opened a brand new position inside of you. There's an empty seat now. There is a department that is looking for a coach. And so you're going to hire your inner coach. You, hi- you fired your inner critic. Now you need to shake your hand and say, inner coach, you're hired. Come on. I want to see it. Some of you are like, this is for Sunday school. No, no, no. Come on. There you go. You, do you want to feel power over what you feel powerless against? You need to be your biggest coach and not your biggest critic. Be your biggest coach and not your biggest coach, critic. You got to wake up and you got to say, Joel, you got this. All right. Pick yourself up. You can do this. Resist that Mountain Dew. Re- resist that road rage. Okay. So we can get some base or bumper stickers around here. Re- resist that bad news because your kids just put like a line of toothpaste in the backseat of your car. And somebody here needs to hear this. You can't win the war with you if you're constantly at war within you. You can't win the war with you if you're constantly at war within you. So you got to declare war by encouraging yourself. And then the last thing is you got to declare war by not giving up. Everybody say, don't give up. Don't give up. Listen, the only war you can't win is the one you surrender in. That was good. 
The only war you can't win is the one you surrender in. And so don't give up with your diet. Don't give up with your you know, situation. Don't give up with your, um, I don't know, your spending. Okay, give up on your spending, but maybe get a budget. I don't know. Don't give up with your temptations. Don't give up with your addictions. Don't give up with, you know, whatever it is that's kind of like making you feel powerless. Don't give up with your emotions. Don't give up with believing that one day this Chick-fil-A may be open on Sunday so you can leave church and get yourself a chicken sandwich with some Polynesian sauce. It probably won't happen. But anyway, don't give up. Don't give up. And when you fall and when you fail, and you will, keep going. Don't quit. Prove your critics wrong. Now, um, I'm going to end with some exciting news, okay? You guys, you want to hear some exciting news? Here's the exciting news. The NFL season starts in 151 days. Come on now. Who is not excited about that? You're not excited about it? Okay, some of you are not excited. You have 151 days of happiness left. That's how much. All right, then we're all in watching the football. You know what's great about football season is on week one, everybody's excited. It doesn't even matter who your team is, okay? Even Eagles fans are like, we're going we're gonna to win the Super Bowl. And so that first week excitement has nothing to do with talent, okay? Like, it just has to do with, like, but on the last week of the, on the last play of the Super Bowl, there's only one group of people excited, and that's Tom Brady fans, right? Why don't we just all just give in and be Tom Brady fans? Listen, we should jump on the Tom Brady train. It's, it's, a, it's a geriatric train. He's old. You, you got to have an AARP card to get on that train, but let's just make it easy for Sorry. <laughs> We're having fun. We're having fun. Anyway, but Tom Brady always seems to win. Now, this is what's interesting. Did you know that most people thought Tom Brady was going to be terrible in the NFL? Did, did you know he was the 199th draft pick in the 2000 uh, NFL draft? He was picked in the sixth round. Six other quarterbacks were picked before Tom Brady. Here's who was picked before Tom Brady. Chad Pennington, Giovanni Carmazzi, Chris Redman, T. Martin, Mark Balger, Spurgeon Wynn. Have you all heard of these people? Because I have not. <laughs> and they were all picked before Tom Brady. Everybody thought that Tom Brady was going to be terrible in the NFL. Now, if you've been here very long, you know that I, I always tell you that Tom Brady is terrible. But that's not because he's really terrible. It's because he makes me feel terrible when he plays the Ravens. <laughs> Tom Brady is amazing, but everybody thought he was going to be terrible. In fact, um, I, I, that's why I love a picture he posted a couple years ago, and we'll, we'll put this on the screen. And let, let me just read this for you. This is old Tom Brady, if you don't know who he is, and he says, I found my combine shirt. Now, combine in the NFL is when you basically, you try out almost for the NFL. Basically, all your stats and your performance and all that is measured to see how you're going to perform in the NFL. So he's wearing the shirt he did when he basically tried out for the NFL, and he said, I found this shirt from 17 years ago, and it got me thinking. This is what they said about me then. Poor build, skinny, lacks great physical stature and strength, lacks mobility and ability to avoid the rush, lacks a really strong arm, can't drive the ball down the field. Hello. Does not throw a really tight spiral. Kind of crappy, really. System type player who can't get, can get exposed and forced to ad lib, gets knocked down easily. That's what they said about him. As Edelman, and that's one of his receivers, always reminds me, you can prove him right, or you can prove them wrong. Good luck to all of you this weekend. Isn't that crazy? This is Tom Brady, you guys. Now, listen, Tom Brady, I, I still don't like Tom Brady. 
you know, I still think he deflates footballs and my, and my insides when he plays the Ravens, okay? But I can't deny he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's better than Peyton Manning. He's better than, you know, Joe Montana. He's definitely better than the Ravens' old quarterback, Joe Flacco, which, by the way, the, the, the Eagles just signed Joe Flacco. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse for the Eagles, you guys get Joe Flacco. Sorry if you're watching this, Joe. Uh, enjoy, enjoy Philly. Anyway, here's my question. What if Tom Brady never played in the NFL? What if he decided, I'm going to quit? What if he never signed up to play with the Patriots? A lot of our teams would have won more Super Bowls over the last 20 years. But I think Tom Brady's story of never giving up is what it takes to win the war. And so I don't know what your critics are saying about you. I don't know what you feel powerless over. I don't know what labels have been put on you. I don't know what people have said about you. But, but here's what I do know, all right? I do know you can either prove them right or you can prove them wrong. And if you don't surrender, if you don't give up, you will prove them wrong. And so I just want to tell somebody today, don't give up. Keep going. You got this. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus, or the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every Jesus follower. So that means we can draw a line in the sand. If you're down for that, just say, I declare war. I declare war. I declare war. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm thankful for for these words from Paul and from your Bible, Lord, from your word, God, that just helps us know that we can declare war. We're not dealing with any temptation or any addiction or any um, emotion that we feel powerless over that nobody else has felt powerless over. God, it is something that is, is in mankind. We've all struggled with this stuff. But God, help us to walk out of here knowing that we don't have to live feeling stuck and being powerless. We can live in the freedom to know that the same power that raised you from the dead lives in us. And so I pray that we'll walk out of here today encouraging ourselves that we will change our thoughts, we'll change our minds, and that, God, we'll, we won't give up. And so, God, I pray we'll draw the line in the sand for certain things in our life that we feel powerless over today. Just help us with those. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.